Hello and welcome back to the Panthers Tracks podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Williams. You're going to get a episode of this podcast and the back end of this about five minute open where I talk about the Buffalo Bills and Panthers preseason game. We're going to talk about 53-man roster speculation. We're going to talk about the receiver room. We're going to talk about the defense. But I am recording this new segment on top of all of that because of the breaking news that just happened as the Carolina Panthers have agreed to acquire LaViscus Chenault of the Jacksonville Jaguars via trade. Those details are still waiting to come out. I am got my phone right next to me. It does not and has not stopped buzzing since. If those details come to me while I'm on this podcast, I will read them to you. And the chance that they do not keep it locked uh, to charlotteobserver.com on my Twitter account at Book of Ellis. This is a, a busy time of year in the NFL calendar. And you'll hear me say that at the top of this full fledged podcast uh, that this is going to be a busy 48 hours. And I'm back before you guys even heard that. I feel like I'm in a time machine and you guys are hearing the future before you get the fresh full podcast in a little bit. I want to keep this short. Here's what I know about the Chenault trade. Expect him to play a hybrid wide receiver running back role for this team. The Panthers have been in the market to bolster their wide receiver room over the past week as the team is dealing with a collection of injuries uh, to players who are either working themselves back this week or who have not returned. What does this mean for the 53-man roster and who could be cut? I'm redoing my 53-man projection right now in real time. Off the top of my head, here's who I think is in the wide receiver room. It'll obviously be Chenault, as they, who they traded for. And then, of course, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Shai Smith, Terrace Marshall, and Rashard Higgins. That's six. Do we get to seven? I'm not sure. That's who I think will for sure be in the Panthers wide receiver room. This trade does not affect Terrace Marshall. He will not be cut. I don't expect him to be traded. If he is, you may get another segment of this podcast on top of this fresh installment on top of the regular, regularly scheduled program that is at the back end of this podcast. Uh, Chanel rejoins teammate C.J. Henderson, who was the Jacksonville Jaguars' first-round pick in 2020. Chenault was their second-round pick, both gone, both now in Carolina. Chenault had five touchdowns as a rookie, zero last year. I don't really care what he did in Jacksonville. This is a new situation, new opportunity. I can't wait to get eyes on him at practice. Uh, we shall see. But that's what I know from the top. Um I don't expect, again, I don't expect this to affect Terrace Marshall at all. What it means for playing time and how they're going to use him, that remains to be seen. But this is a player who is bringing only $2.85 million of non-guaranteed money over the course of two years left on his contract. It's a team-friendly deal. We're working to figure out the compensation. I can't imagine they gave up more than a fifth or sixth-round pick for this hybrid-type player. And now the Panthers have a more diverse receiver. You know, he can do things that Brandon Zelstra just cannot. And that's probably who's get cuts now because of this is Brandon Zelstra. 
that's what I know. Keep it locked here for a full Panthers track podcast. Here comes the rest of the regular schedule programming. We're coming to you on a Monday morning with a jam-packed, busy week ahead of the Carolina Panthers and the NFL as a whole. Over the next 48 hours, we're going to see league rosters be cut from 80 down to 53. Some 800-plus players will have their NFL dreams dashed only to be picked up immediately by their respective squads hitting a practice squad or landing somewhere else because they don't clear waivers. But for some players, their NFL dream comes to an end, a dream that started a month ago when camp started in late July, July 29th, as early as July 20th for some rookies. The Panthers have a lot of tough decisions in front of them. Coach Matt Rules said they likely will go all the way up until the deadline to start making those cuts, though things can happen in Uh, prematurely as well some decisions of course easier to make than others the Panthers have had a lot of injuries now likely influencing and dictating what happens to their 53-man roster we're going to get into all of that on this edition of the Panthers Tracks podcast also I want to touch on some takeaways from the Bills game of course the Panthers winning their preseason finale against Buffalo 21 to 0 their first preseason action at Bank of America Stadium in front of Panthers fans, Baker Mayfield tossed two scores. We're going to unload a little bit of that as well. Uh, I want to touch on Shai Smith. If you listen to the podcast over the weekend, you know I told y'all to watch out for him, and I think that is only about to continue. We'll talk about the defense a little bit, and then we'll get into some 53-man stuff. So let's get this rolling, starting with, of course, the disappointing news from over the weekend. Panthers kicker Zane Gonzalez dealing with a significant groin injury suffered on the sideline while warming up after he kicked off to start the second half. He's just kicking into the net like he's done a million times throughout his career only to fall down and injure his groin. You know, we don't know if the injury happened on the fall or on the swing. I don't know enough about kicking anatomy to unpack all that but he was not on the field to play when the injury occurred he was seen in the locker room by myself and all the other reporters in there navigating on crutches both armpits filled filled with crutches as he moved about the locker room we knew it wasn't good then you could see some teammates coming over to console him and talk to him about what was going on it just the young man didn't have a good look on his face you you were worried then but now you're alarmed now, obviously, because this means Zane Gonzalez, not only will he not start the year for the Panthers, there's a chance he misses the entire season. This is catastrophic news. And I don't mean to come on here and overreact on a Monday. I don't mean to start your guys' week off with a bad cup of coffee. I'm just being real. Let's break this down. Zane Gonzalez was the lone bright spot in the Panthers offense last year. And yes, I say offense because that's how atrocious and ugly the 11 skill position players were that Zane had to come in and knock in 45 and 51 and 53 yard field goals just for this team to put some points on the board. He was their best offensive player last year. He continued that this preseason by being automatic going three for three in Washington, kicking the game winner in Washington. It's the preseason. This doesn't matter. A kick's a kick. 
And the young man was money from anywhere, from any distance, at any time, any place. Zane Gonzalez was in his bag, in his zone, y'all, on some Kanye stuff. Watch the throne. Don't let me get in my zone. I'm definitely in my zone, zone, zone. That's how Zane was kicking. And this is a football team that, though I've been on the record of being much more talented than the national media think, they aren't good enough to not be excellent on special teams. And Zane was going to spearhead that this year. This team has to win in margins. It's why they improved their offensive line. It's why they got better at linebacker. It's why they signed guys like Rashard Higgins. They needed to get better in the margins. And it's why they invested in Andre Roberts, who we'll see. I don't know. I, people are talking like he'll get cut. I don't think he's going to get cut. Anyway, it's why they sign Johnny Hecker, an all-decade punter. And it's why they invested in Zane Gonzalez to bring him back despite injury. They know what they had in this young man, and he's gone. He's lost. And this is going to be huge, you guys. This is just going to be really big. Now, expect the Panthers to work out some kickers today. I know they worked out some guys over the weekend. I know they're bringing in guys today. I would expect a signing around Wednesday. That leaves them time just to survey the landscape of the league. Who's in, who's out. It, it gives them the, the maximizes their options if they wait until Wednesday after cuts to sign a kicker rather than signing anyone they bring in today or signing a guy on Tuesday. Again, recording this on a Monday. So don't expect them to sign a kicker till Wednesday. I would expect it's going to be someone that special teams coordinator Chris Tapper is familiar with, probably somebody that he's worked with in Chicago. You guys can get on the Google and search some names if you'd like there. Um, I would expect this to be a mostly a Chris Tepper decision. Um, yes, Matt Rule is the CEO and head coach of this football team, but you know, special teams aren't his expertise. He hired a 14-year veteran coach to run his special teams at an expert level. And that's what he's going to now allow Chris Taper to do. He's going to let Chris pick the kicker he wants and who thinks he is best. And it is human nature for us to revert to things we know and understand. There's a reason Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio have worked so much together. There's a reason that every time Christopher Nolan makes a movie, there's Alfred. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is going to be a kicker that Chris Aper has worked with before and we'll wait. We'll, it remains to be seen. Sometimes this works, can work great. This new kicker can come in and just make everything. All right. I, I, kicker, kicking, the kicking game in the NFL is a mystery. I, I've got some special teams coaches in my Rolodex. I go back with some coordinators in this league and, and just in, in football in general. I love special teams. I think it's a fascinating side of the ball, uh, a side we never talk about. Um, uh, the hidden yards are literally within special teams. You let a punt bounce, you lose three, four, eight, 12 yards. Those yards never show up in the stat sheet. They're lost yards. You should have caught that kick on the 12. So letting it roll to the six, right? The obvious thing are field goals, but you know, Zane was directional kicking it expertly. He was just in his bag y'all. And this is a really tough break. Like I said, we've seen like, look, I'm from Minnesota, right? So I've seen, um, there was a kicker, Carlson. I'm not going to get his first name, but the, the Vikings drafted some young man in the second, third, fourth round, somewhere in there. And they cut him, you know, within 
three months because he, he missed every freaking kick against the Packers. It cost him the game in Green Bay week one. This was probably 2018-ish, 2019-ish. Nah, 2018, definitely 2018. And they cut him. Uh, that I'm pretty sure he's still kicking in uh, for the Raiders. I think he's still, I think he's in Las Vegas now. Dan, Dan Carlson, maybe Daniel Carlson, something like that. Um, Blair Walsh, you know, misses a 32 yard field goal in the NFC wildcard game would advance Minnesota to the divisional round beating the Seahawks. It would have been in Arizona. I had friends booking tickets while Blair was walking out for the kick and he missed that mother effort. All right. He's cut. Blair goes on and, you know, has a, you know, three, four more years kicking. He might still be in the league. I don't know. These kickers change teams all the time. This happens. So maybe this means nothing and I'm overreacting, but actually, you know what? I know I'm not overreacting because I recognize what the team had in Zane and they had money ball. They had buckets. And now you're walking into the unknown. Doesn't mean the unknown won't work. It just means this is another variable that Matt rule and the Panthers have to navigate. That is just now slightly raising the degree of difficulty in an already high stake season for Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. Another injury, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is dealing with an ankle injury. The team is, does not disclose uh, the severity of that sprain yet. I had some sourcing that said there was fear that it was a grade three sprain, which is basically a complete tear, uh, an ankle ligament. That doesn't mean it necessarily would require surgery, but that will keep you out in an extended amount of time, more than that four to six week window that a, a traditional grade two high ankle sprain would entail. We'll see how this plays out. Either way, expect for Sam Darnold to move to the injured reserve on Wednesday. Again, he will make the initial 53-man roster, and then the team will move him to IR to maximize their roster flexibility. They, on Tuesday at 4 p.m., will have 53 players, including Sam Darnold. Shortly after that, perhaps Wednesday morning, they move him to IR making them have 52 players available and then they can survey the waiver wire and pick up any surprise cuts or bring back one of their own guys whatever they decide to do they're going to have a little some leverage there that is the the silver lining in all of this injury misfortune that it actually does maximize the Panthers roster because now PJ Walker is a no-brainer stay shout out PJ I mean you, you don't you no one wants to make money off the back injury except world history ha 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 PJ getting that bag now, going to get these game checks as the Panthers now backup quarterback. The Panthers will most likely sign a practice squad guy at some point, but don't expect them to bring in anyone uh, of, of note. I'll leave that there. Um, so PJ gets his bag. He'll make the 53. So will Sam. Go, he'll eventually move to IR. That leaves a spot open for perhaps the Panthers to bring in uh, an extra D lineman, maybe retain a corner. Maybe this means – an extra receiver stays. They've got options because they have tough decisions at key spots, D line, uh, DB and receiver tough decisions. And that's really the case with the league in general, right? Like, you know, as much as I cover the Panthers, I, I, I cover this league too. And you've got to stay tapped in what's going on with all of the 31 teams. Right. And the sense is that there's just demand at all of those positions as there usually is every year. But the, when it correlates with the team you're covering, you have to stay on top of it. So when the league is in need of receivers, D linemen and DBs and offensive linemen, but the Panthers are in a spot where they have more O-line depth than most of the league, which is why I also wouldn't anticipate a trade. 
this wasn't on the docket of things to talk about, but I, I will unpack this quickly. Um, Cam, Cam Irving is a guy who has been discussed just around the league in general as a, a name of interest, uh, largely because he's a, you know, above average swing tackle, reliable, proven, not a guy you want starting 12 games for you as the Panthers found out last year, but someone who can come in in a pinch and make a play and, you know, uh, you can feel confident that it's going to work out just fine. So with Cam Irving's situation, does he warrant a a two pick? Um, probably not, but is he worth that in case of emergency? I think he is. Meaning, I don't see why the Panthers should trade Cam Irving. He's just too valuable. You can never have enough O-line depth. The Carolina finally has it this year. Don't mess it up by trading him for a fifth or a sixth and try to get cute. Just keep Cam on the team. Call it good. The league needs O-line men. The Panthers don't. That's a rare sentence for any team to say. Keep Cam. Address your D-line. Try to keep some receiver, an extra receiver maybe. It's really in the D-line that they need to they need an extra body. I, you know, I have my 53-man projection come out today. I have them keeping nine, but as I'm talking this out in real time with y'all, I'm, I'm thinking they should keep 10. Thinking that they should keep 10. We were going to end the show with 53-man talk, but, you know, these are all, all these things are related because the Sam injury really has a massive trickle-down effect of what happens on the 53-man roster. So got two birds stoned at once there. That's a Rickyism for any of you trailer park boys out there. Um, all right, Bill's takeaways. Aside, injuries aside, Baker Mayfield, y'all, he looks sharp. He looks sharp. This is what everyone was hoping to see out of Baker Mayfield. Uh, two touchdowns, specifically two red zone touchdowns. I have, I had concerns, and, I, you know, I still do, I guess. It is the preseason. So let me get that out of the way, actually. You know, the goal with the Panthers' offense, first-team offense going against the Bills' first, you know, relative backups was that they couldn't look incompetent, you know. You needed to bully the second team of the Buffalo Bills if you're the first team of the Panthers. And that's what happened. They, you know, they had their way with them. The, the Bills offense only had like 89 yards at halftime, largely because, you know, guys like J.C. Horn and Jeremy Chin and Eter Gross Matos and, and Brian Burns don't really come off the field in that first half. So they, they, they swarmed the Bills and backup case Keenum. And then you had – the offense, you know, score twice in the red zone, put some points on the board, look sharp. All right, perfect. That's that's what you want to see, okay? Still, though, you guys, and I'm going to read you Baker Mayfield's preseason stats real quick. 13 for 22, 134 yards, two touchdowns in about five drives, five series, you know, one in Washington, I believe four against Buffalo. A lot of question marks still. Let's start with Christian McCaffrey because that's the obvious one. Nothing to worry about with Christian. That was the plan to keep him on bubble wrap. You know what you're going to get on Christian with Christian. How does he look in the Ben McAdoo offense? He's going to look like he has looked in every offense because he's a unicorn. He's one-on-one. Draft him number one overall in your fantasy leagues. Pay $65 for him in your auction drafts. Go get the – he's nuts, all right? Not worried about that. Mystery number two, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. We've yet to see either of those two guys catch a pass from Baker Mayfield in a live situation. Matter of fact, I haven't even re really seen him do that much since, like, Tuesday of Patriots camp. Robbie Anderson hasn't practiced. DJ Moore dealing with a slight shoulder, so they just keep him out anyway. DJ played two snaps against Buffalo, all right? Meanwhile, Terrace Marshall didn't come off the field. He played more snaps than anybody. Let me pull that up real quick. Harris Marshall snap count, uh, a healthy 43 plays. Played 41 more snaps than DJ Moore. Ain't going trip. Look, I'm the type of cat, too, that DJ Moore could have two catches 
the first two weeks of the season, and I'm not going to trip. I've said it on this podcast before, and you're going to hear it probably once a week. The NFL season is broken down into four mini races, four mini seasons, four mini sprints each quarter, right? So this first quarter of the season, these first four games as the Panthers host Cleveland, as they head to the Giants, as they go to the Super Bowl champion Rams, and then they end that four-game stretch. Oh, excuse me. Now I got the schedule up. So when you try and go off the top, you go discombobulated. Browns, Giants, home Saints, home Cardinals. Those first four games, man, you can tell I'm just ready to get to LA. I'm like, yeah, I'm going next week. <laughs> That's not till mid-October. Um, those first four games, we'll know exactly what this Panthers offense is going to look like after that. And those two home games, New Orleans, Arizona, those are must wins. I can already, I'll already tell you those are must wins. Now, not in a must-win sense, it's like they won't make the playoffs if they don't win those. But it's speaking in like in the it, of those four games, you need to end that first quarter of the season strong. Go two and zero. Go two and zero to end that first quarter of the season. I have no idea what's going to happen week one. Who knows what the Giants are going to do in week two in New York? You're home back to back against a New Orleans team that you your last home victory was against. And against the Arizona team that is going to have DeAndre Hopkins. Go win those games. We'll see. Point being, I'm not going to judge this offense at all until those four games are over and we have a complete sense of what they are. But as of right now, I cannot tell you what Baker Mayfield or DJ Moore is going to look like. Haven't seen it. I can't tell you what Baker Mayfield or Robbie Anderson is going to look like. Haven't seen it. In Madden, in fantasy, in my mind, on a chalkboard, on a whiteboard, on an iPad, on Microsoft Service Pro, it looks great. It sounds awesome. You can theorize and imagine it and visualize all of this working, but I haven't seen it. Baker doesn't have the greatest history with outside X receivers, a la Odell Beckham Jr. We shall see. One thing I do know about this offense, Shai Smith is about to have a monster year, y'all. Monster year. I said it over the weekend. I'm going to double down right here. Shai could catch 80 balls. Jeez, I don't know. I might, I might sound crazy, but I watched Baker Mayfield feed Jarvis Landry in that same slot role time after time after time for two and a half, three years in Cleveland. When push comes to shove, Baker's looking across the middle. He's looking for his slot. He's looking for option routes and shy is getting open and their touchdown. He scored against Buffalo that off script score really is the next level of proof why this connection's already working. And, and I almost want to say proven shy against Washington converts three first downs on third down, right? Slant route, shallow under route wiggle. Okay. All right. In the structure of the offense, he's getting open. It's working. Cool. When things break down, then what? Cause a lot of football is off rhythm in chaos secondary plays scramble rules as they're known and that's what shy's 19 yard touchdown was scramble rules he was open from the jump it looked like more of a blown coverage but baker worked to him late 
found him tapering his route off a little bit to the right and put it right in his chest plate. These two got something. We'll see. Um, Matt Rule wasn't playing. Shai Smith, lone, not lone. True bright spot of training camp. And um, after seeing him against Buffalo, I, I completely agree. Some 53-man names to watch before we get out of here. I could go all day, y'all, but look, you know, I try to keep these consumable and bite size, and uh, we, we all got schedules, right? Got a lot of stories to write these next few days. Uh, Brandon Zelstra, he has not been practicing due to a hamstring injury. You know, he's been on the team for three-plus years now. I think he's safe, but maybe a surprise cut. Kalen Barnes, seventh-round rookie, fastest DB, uh, fastest rookie, excuse me, defensive back. He played a lot of snaps. Tay Hayes did out-snap him against Buffalo. I don't know what that means. We'll see. Uh, Giovanni Ritchie, now another guy, very versatile, very useful. Does he fit Ben McAdoo's offense? I'm not really sure. We haven't really seen Ben McAdoo use a fullback, converted tight end, whatever you want to call Ritchie. He's just a different player than, you know, uh, Colin Thompson's and Stephen Sullivan's of the world. And then the D-line, you know, I have them cutting Daryl Johnson. Maybe I'm, I, I might be wrong about that. I could be wrong about that. Those are the three names to watch, guys. Um, busy, busy week. Like I said, we're going to try and get back to you guys on, you know, maybe Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning with just a complete breakdown of everything that transpired over these next 48 hours. Enjoy it. This is a fun time of year. Only about 10 days left till real regular season NFL football is back. And the stakes are present. It's go time. So for myself, I'm Ellis Williams signing off the Panthers Tracks podcast, which was produced by Michaela Holder. Thanks for listening, y'all. Take care.